Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast with headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Tian Yu. Coming up in this edition, the international community is looking forward to another extension to the ceasefire between Hamas and Israel. Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi has met with UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres to discuss solutions to the Gaza crisis. And NATO has called on its member states to continue support for Ukraine in its conflict with Russia, while Moscow accuses the military bloc of viewing Russia as an adversary. We start with the latest developments of the Palestine-Israel conflict. The Times of Israel reports the government has received a list of hostages Hamas is due to release on the last day of a prolonged six-day truce in the Gaza Strip. Attention is now focused on the possibility that Qatar, the mediator, could negotiate another extension to the ceasefire that has brought a much-needed break from seven weeks of Israeli bombardment of Gaza. Gaza health authorities said that over 15,000 people have been killed since October the 7th. Sam Manik reports from Jerusalem. This is the fifth day of the ceasefire and the first of a two-day extension that is set to end on Thursday morning. On Tuesday night, 12 more hostages were released, 10 of them Israeli nationals and two foreign nationals. They've been taken into Israel, they are receiving medical attention, and they will be reunited with their families. Most of the hostages released on Tuesday were elderly people. There was one 17-year-old girl. Most of the people on Monday were children. In addition to the hostages, there were 30 Palestinian prisoners also released on Tuesday. This is part of the agreement. Up until today, there have been 69 hostages released, 50 Israelis, as well as 19 foreign nationals, and 150 Palestinians released. But there are still estimated to be about 160 hostages in Gaza. It is unclear what is going to happen to them if they're going to be able to get out. Mediations are underway. On Tuesday, the CIA director, as well as Israel's head of intelligence, went to Qatar to discuss the potential for more ceasefire and for more people to get out. Now, the families of the hostages still in Gaza are pushing Israel's government to make sure that their loved ones are not forgotten. They say that it's more important that all the hostages are freed and then Israel can continue with its ground offensive into Gaza. The families of the hostages who have been released, they're not speaking a lot to the media, but a little bit of information has gotten out about the hostages' time in captivity. The families have said that Hamas fed them intermittently. They had to wait for hours sometimes to use the bathroom. Some people said they slept on makeshift beds for 50 days, pushing plastic chairs close together, staying in rooms that were suffocating. For the first time on Tuesday, was both Hamas and Israel accused the other of violating the ceasefire. Israel said that Hamas launched three explosives at its troops in the north of Gaza and that militants shot at it. Now Hamas says that Israel started it and then it retaliated. It doesn't appear at this point that this will affect the truce, but it underscores just how fragile and tenuous this agreement is and how touch and go it is. Both Hamas and Israel have troops stationed in the north of Gaza and they are ready to start the fighting as soon as the ceasefire ends. People in Gaza have been using this truce, this relative few days of calm, particularly in the north, to check on their houses, much of which has been reduced to rubble after weeks of airstrikes, and to look for loved ones, many of who are trapped underneath the rubble. That was Semenik reporting. Hamas says it's open to more extensions in the days to come. The group is still holding about 160 hostages. Alkram al-Satari has more from the central Gaza Strip. Even before the official announcement of that two-day extension, Hamas stated 
uh, one of the Hamas leaders, Khalil Hayya, stated that Hamas is ready for more extensions according to the terms and conditions laid and dictated by the Palestinian resistance. Hamas said from its part they're going to continue to support that uh, ceasefire as long as the occupation, according to their words, respects that uh, ceasefire. They have been working on throughout the days to make sure that they can secure the number of prisoners to be released and they have been successfully doing that from different parts of the Gaza Strip and that they are ready to discuss the fate of other categories and in this, that term other categories they are talking about the soldiers who are still held captive by Hamas and they said they're willing to negotiate and it looks like they are already negotiating by the support of Qatar and Egypt for the sake of developing a swap deal that includes the soldier. It looks like many negotiations are taking place, deep negotiations, and it looks like they are already achieving something in that in that particular term. That was Al-Karim Al-Satari reporting. Turning to the United Nations, Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi has met with UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres in New York. The senior diplomat will be presiding over a ministerial-level Security Council meeting to discuss how to resolve the Israel-Palestine conflict. Jody Jacobs reports. Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi is at the United Nations during the month of November to coincide with China's month-long rotating presidency of the UN Security Council. Upon his arrival at the UN headquarters in New York, Wang met with UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres. China's top diplomat is in town to chair a high-level interministerial Security Council meeting on the conflict between Israel and Hamas. Since the outbreak of the violence last month, China has consistently called for a ceasefire and an end to the fighting, saying a two-state solution is the only way forward. It's hoped that at Wednesday's meeting, some form of a lasting ceasefire would be discussed in addition to alleviating the humanitarian crisis in Gaza. And with Wang Yi's presence here in these hallowed UN walls, Beijing hopes he could play a critical role in these delicate negotiations. Antonio Guterres is expected to address the Council on Wednesday, while several other member states, not part of the Security Council, will also be allowed to make remarks. That was Jody Jacobs reporting. Spokesperson James Elder for the United Nations Children's Fund says his team is in some degree of shock as they send emergency medical supplies to the northern part of Gaza. He's calling for a prolonged ceasefire to sustain help for pregnant women and also children. Well, with a great deal of coordination, a great deal of coordination from the entire, all the UN agencies, the biggest agency here, UNRWA, working for the Palestinian people, has been getting fuel to the north. Fuel, of course, here equals equals water because it means pumping desalination plants, uh, which is just so critical. There's such a lack of water for people at the moment. Um, UNICEF, I was with a convoy that went north, Robin, on Sunday. That was medical supplies, went to hospitals. See again the urgent need. Churches within hospitals have been turned into emergency wards. We had emergency supplies, saline, rehydration, multivitamins, kits for, for midwives because women are giving birth in this war zone. So we're getting the right types of aid in now. We need more of it across the Gaza Strip and we need to keep prolonging it. This has been a devastating, almost like nothing I've ever seen, seven weeks. And the entire, everyone is in some degree of shock. It's going to take a long, long time to repair 
the physical destruction. But really, those kind of things can only start once we drift into a, a prolonged ceasefire rather than just these short moments bringing back to Palestinian children who've been detained. These are very good moments, but they have to be sustained. We cannot for a moment think that, that the, the destruction of Gaza and the killing of children is in any way going to bring peace to this region. That was UNICEF spokesperson James Elder speaking. Finally, in Europe, NATO chief Jens Stoltenberg has called on members of the Security Alliance to continue backing Ukraine in its conflict with Russia. NATO's foreign ministers have gathered in Brussels for a two-day meeting. On Tuesday, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken reaffirmed his support for Ukraine, although the U.S. Congress has yet to pass more assistance for Kyiv. Ukraine's major counteroffensive that started in the summer had so far failed to make substantial progress. Alex Kadir has more from Brussels. Yeah, Robin, that was the big question looming over this meeting, these swelling rumors of Ukraine fatigue, both for uh, NATO allies here at NATO HQ in Brussels, but also further down the road uh, for the European Union. If that fatigue, if that support was maybe waning, that was the question. Well, the answer was pretty categorical uh, from the key NATO allies, from the Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg. They will continue to support Ukraine. And we heard uh, from Jens Stoltenberg uh, wrapping up the first day of this foreign minister's meeting uh, of NATO reminding us of pledges of support by individual members. So although there may not be a uh, coordinated uh, response or new announcements uh, by NATO as a whole or the EU as a whole, 8 billion from Germany, 2 billion from the Netherlands, Romania setting up a training center for Ukrainian F-16 pilots, the air defense uh, coalition also being put in place and also the uh, NATO-Ukraine Council. That was a a new body for the Ukrainians and NATO uh, allies to meet the first addition of that NATO-Ukraine Council on the foreign minister's level will happen here in Brussels uh, tomorrow. Uh, clearly a political symbol, at least, of that uh, NATO support. But it's true to say that that uh, support is important to Jens Stoltenberg. He addressed that just a few moments ago, speaking to reporters. Let's have a listen to what he had to say. It's our obligation to ensure that we provide uh, Ukraine uh, with uh, the weapons they need. Uh, because it will be a tragedy for Ukrainians if President Putin wins, but it will also be dangerous for us. So that really highlights Jens Stoltenberg's uh, clear message there. He says he expects the U.S. support will continue. He expects European support will continue, that these domestic political issues are just temporary and that NATO support for Ukraine is not going anywhere. That was Alex Kadia reporting. In response to NATO's statement that reaffirms its support for Ukraine, Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov has accused the military alliance of viewing Russia as an adversary. Peskov says NATO was originally established to contain Russia, despite any statements that attempt to assert the opposite. He also says NATO is sacrificing the Ukrainian people in its fight against Russia and that Moscow is planning further action accordingly. Recapping today's headlines, the international community is looking forward to another extension to the ceasefire between Hamas and Israel. Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi has met with UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres to discuss solutions to the Gaza crisis. And NATO has called on its member states to continue support for Ukraine in its conflict with Russia, while Moscow accuses the military bloc of viewing Russia as an adversary. 
And that's it for this edition of the Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports, and culture, you can subscribe to the Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Tian Yu. Thank you for listening.